This podcast is proudly brought to you by Infinity Media, incubating innovative businesses in the media industry. Hi, I'm Gordon Muller. I'm the guru in the Doc and Guru podcast. Thanks for being with us. For those of you who don't know me, I've spent over 40 years in the media industry in South Africa and uh, pretty much made it my home, my life, my passion. I have other passions, unfortunately, for my sins. I'm an Arsenal supporter and a Shark supporter, so we're going to do pretty much everything on the show as it pertains to media, marketing and money, but we don't take jokes about Arsenal or the Sharks. I'm Doug Mateus, uh, the doc on the show. Uh, and again, for those of you who don't know me, I've uh, spent 30 years in, in uh, various companies in South Africa uh, running uh, different marketing functions. And the last job I had, I was privileged in, uh, enough to work with a team that took uh, the brand to the fastest growing brand in South Africa in 2018 with a 47% year-on-year growth. So that was a, a great achievement uh, for the team and, and, and I'm really proud of that. Uh, from a personal point of view, I do a little bit of cycling uh, and also snow skiing. So we quite enjoy that. But again, uh, today's discussion is around all things marketing and media. Yep, that's right, Doc. All things marketing and media. No subject too big, no topic too small, no subject too hot to handle please get in touch with us on our facebook page follow us like us whatever it takes we would love you to be involved with the show and uh, we really want to make it as inclusive and as energetic as i know this industry is capable of gordon how's it going Oh, well, very well, Doc. Uh, good to be back. We've got some really interesting uh, podcasts coming up, particularly this one, which I found absolutely fascinating. So looking forward to that. Yeah, it's been a good week, obviously. We're back uh, smoking and drinking, <laughs> even if you don't smoke or drink. I mean, <laughs> You're happy that your friend made a good announcement on Saturday night then, huh? Well, yeah, you know, this, the problem is it, it's that old dilemma, isn't it? Do you, do you praise a man when he stopped beating his wife? Yeah. Yeah. Um, so right. I, I'm, yeah. Let's let's sure. not be churlish. It is what it is, and, yeah. and let's hopefully move and oh, rebuild look, from here. Absolutely, Gordon. Let's look at the light, not the dark. So let's go forward. And to our listeners, welcome to this week's uh, Doc and the Guru. Um, and Gordon, we've got a, another guest from Onika. A few weeks back, we had your friend uh, Resti in, and now we've got Mungesi Mtati, uh, the marketing manager from Onika, to chat about the social media report. We touched on it briefly two weeks ago, uh, but today we're going to get into more detail. Yeah, absolutely. I'm looking forward to, to what Mongeza got to tell us because there's lots of stuff out there on, on sort of consumer behavior and consumer consumption of social media, but very little on the application from, from the marketing uh, and advertiser side, which is right up your alley, so I'm mm. going to throw it straight back at you. Yeah. Off you go with Mongeza. Yeah, well, Mongeza, firstly, thanks very much and welcome to the show. We really appreciate you taking the time. Thank you. Thank you very much for having me. Uh, yeah, it's a great opportunity. Yeah. Well, great. And as I say, you know, we had uh, Resty on a few weeks back, and I see that part of the report is written, in fact, a large part by Arthur Goldstock, and we had Arthur Gordon a few weeks ago as well, you know, chatting very interesting. So it's always uh, nice to circle back and, and to kind of complete the loop with, with previous guests and, and now throwing forward into, into the future. Very much so. Yeah, I think his insights in this report were, were outstanding as well. Yeah, well, I think let's get straight into it, Mangezi. Just um, a few interesting things. Uh, I mean, obviously, Gordon and I have gone through the report. It's quite comprehensive. I think it's like 60-odd pages. So just for our listeners out there, uh, if they want to get hold of this report, uh, they go to the Ornica website, right? 
Absolutely. So if you go onto the Onico website, um, on the landing page, you should see there's downloadable content there. Just click on that, um, fill in your details, and you've got the reports. Yeah. Wonderful. That's that's excellent. So I mean, again, you know, we urge our listeners to get uh, you know to get onto that site and and read the report. And if not the whole report, certainly the highlights, you get a lot out of it. Straight into it, uh, the four major platforms: Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn, uh, and and Instagram. Mungesi, just top line, just give us your view on on how they're going at the moment. What are the big trends in those four platforms? So I mean. <laughs> The, the biggest the biggest thing uh, that keeps happening year on year with these platforms is that they keep uh, closing the information that you're able to get. They close something called an API, which is the ability to get data out of a platform. So they keep restricting that um, to outsiders or outside platforms that are doing investigations. I think that's one of the biggest trends. The other is that brands tend to use um, platforms that they are they are used to, or at least that their teams are used to. So Facebook being the leading one, followed by Twitter, followed by LinkedIn, um, and then, of course, um, Instagram and the like. The big thing that we're realizing about Facebook is that more and more brands seem to be saying they're reducing budget from a Facebook because... Because of a number of things, but the biggest thing there is that Facebook restricts more brand content, especially with URLs and links like that, um, where it directs you from out of Facebook into um, onto a brand site. So that's one of the things that's um, that's been uh, massive there. LinkedIn is seeing a lot of growth across the SME sector in South Africa uh, quite a lot where people who are employed um, in companies that have one to 10 employees is one of the fastest growing, um, call it sectors um, across LinkedIn, which says a lot about the growth of small business in South Africa, or at least the growth of small business between 2019 and 2020 across those platforms. And I'm sure we'll see a lot more change again when you do the research later on in the year yeah, yeah the linkedin thing is interesting for me because let's just take a step back uh, and obviously this report is freely available so folks we won't go into the background you can download and look at that um because if, if one of the points of uh, a difference in this report is that it looks at the usage of social media by marketers rather than the general consumption and i found interesting that social media strategies Business to consumer, 75, 76% of, of marketers are comfortable using social media, um, you know, in, in terms of business to consumer. But business to business lags behind at about 58%. But LinkedIn, uh, my perception is it's very strong in the business to business space, is 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 the, the fast tracking um, platform. And I'm just wondering, I guess, what, has, it, has it just taken us a bit longer to catch up with the, the application of social media in the business-to-business -business environment, were we just a bit slow out the blocks? Very interesting question. So, so I think I want us to go back to the beginning of social media, which was the fact that it was a one-to-one -one platform for people to communicate with friends and connect with friends. And by and large, that led the charge and the growth 
of social media over the years, so much so that when LinkedIn came into the fold and it was a professional network, people were still used to using social media on a one-to-one basis and connecting with friends and all research across the globe points to the fact that people use social media to connect with friends and people they know. So if um, most of us utilize social media to connect with friends and people we know, we are apprehensive in general to connecting with businesses. And the B2B space is, 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 is complex, not just on social media or rather social media mirrors the complexity of the B2B space in the world in general. And now we bring it onto social media where people want to connect with people. But the growth of LinkedIn and the trust that people are now having um, on a platform like LinkedIn shows the importance of a very specific niche B2B platform such as um, a LinkedIn. In fact, in most conversations, and most references that are made across the board on uh, any social media conversations or content, um, the first place that is quoted is probably Twitter, followed by Facebook, and then LinkedIn somewhere down the line after even an Instagram. But it's because of this niche um, space that LinkedIn has, um, has developed around itself and the fact that people are now utilizing LinkedIn a lot from one the B2B space, but what we are seeing is that it's it tends to be used a lot also for people seeking to change careers or grow their careers in one way or another. Yeah, that's interesting. And I think you know that I think originally that was always where LinkedIn was positioned and is positioned. And, and I think you're right, people are are starting to find more application. Just jumping right what I would call right to the other end of the spectrum. And this phenomenon of this thing called TikTok. I mean, Arthur writes in the report he's never seen traction like that on any social media platform. Uh, can you just give us your views on, on how TikTok's doing and its future applications? I think TikTok is is I mean is growing phenomenally. The, um, the the space that again the platform chose for itself, um, speaking once more to the to that niche application. Um, the first thing is that very much like a Facebook when it started, it's very um, one-to-one, human-driven, unique content which is driven by video and short form kind of video unlike a youtube where you can see long form video or, or an instagram so so I, I think the biggest one of the biggest things there is 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 the niche functionality of it the fact that it's not very brand driven at the moment so people feel as though they are watch they watch content or at least consume content by people like themselves and a lot of it is is humorous um is humorous content which is not does not feel as serious as a Facebook, for instance. And um, it's also short form. It appeals a lot more to a younger demographic than, say, um, a Facebook or an Instagram, for that matter. Um, And and the ability for this platform to do that grows a completely somewhat new demographic to social media which is excited about the use of social media and is looking for a different kind of content and more than anything i feel like it has positioned itself uniquely um 
um, uniquely across the social media spectrum. Yeah, look, it's uh, it's interesting. You know, one of the stats would kind of struck uh, me was. 62% of, of senior management understand why they use social media. So that I don't know if that's encouraging or, or alarming. It's one of the two. Um, but what the gap came in for me that 79%, almost 80% of respondents felt that um, social media has the potential to help businesses grow. But only one quarter, 25%, felt they was getting as much value out of it as they could. That struck me as a as a major sort of gap in terms of potentially the skills. So 80% of us believe it works, but only you know one in four believe that we're actually getting the value out of it. Is, is there a gap there? I mean, in your, in your study, you know, 53% uh, say of marketers, and, the, and we're talking here the top 100 brands, say they're actually training staff right now on extracting value. So is there an opportunity to position yourself competitively by training your staff? Uh, and getting more out of the social media. Why is there such a gap between, I, I know it works or it could work, mm. but I'm not making it work. I think the, the one of the things that we've noted is, firstly, many brands hop onto social media because, of course, they see competitors and other brands using social media, which is, which is great. And I suppose that we also see the value um, that can come out of social media. I think it's quantifying what that value is or being realistic about what that value is. A lot of brands are using social media for, for brand awareness. They're using social media to convert leads into sales or at least, or at least generate new leads. So it's one being understanding what exactly what sort of value you want to extract out of it and defining this um, this value as much as possible. And also with, with a lot of these platforms, the more they evolve, um, and I'll, I'll, I'll go back to Facebook as an example, the more Facebook evolves, the less brand content shows up on a person's, on people's timelines. So these platforms prioritize that timeline space for people to see what their friends are doing and then overlay advertising at the top of that. So bidding for that advertising space or those eyeballs that you can get from an advertising perspective is, I suppose, what would lead to brands extracting that value. But it's being realistic about what value you can what what value you can extract out of it because once again on the opposite end of that spectrum a lot of brands are realistically saying they use social media for brand awareness and brand awareness purposes only um, and a lot has changed um, in the past six months um, at least in the types of conversations that people are having on social media and the types of conversations that brands are finding themselves in um, right now, which are, which is unfamiliar territory for most brands. And a lot of brands don't know how to almost interact and engage um, across various social media platforms, one. And secondly, to the point about um, the B2B question that you asked earlier, I think it's, it's, it's a lot around understanding what each platform can do and not using the same blanket approach across platforms, even while trying to reach out to the same 
audience or the same customer. Mm. And I think, you know, I mean, Gordon, I picked up on the same point, you know, and one of the, one of the lines in this, in this very comprehensive uh, report says that only, now we're talking the top 100 brands in the country and we're not talking about a mom and pop shop. Only 10% of the brands so that they have the optimal skills to maximize this. And I think, Mungesia, that's exactly what you're saying. You know, you're talking about, a, and Gordon, you and I have chatted about it before, about upskilling and getting the right people, both at agency and client, to understand. Today, we're talking social media and the landscape and the, me- the metrics and the mechanics and the, all the other stuff. But the whole thing. Now, I don't understand, looking at this report, where, wh- why isn't there a dedicated social manager managers you know what i mean uh, today this is not a new phenomenon so for me and, and it's one of the other quotes that i picked up by one of the co-authors a guy called calvin young and calvin actually was part of my marketing team years ago and he writes here and i quote the data will get you 50 percent there invest in smart people to take you the rest of the way now again that's such an obvious point in any aspect of business or marketing you got to have smart people who know their patch and if your patch as the social manager, uh, social media manager, is to understand the nuances, the changes, the uh, the dynamics, you can't say only ten percent know it. So I'm deeply concerned that uh, that that's the level that we're going in. You're listening to the Dark and the Guru, proudly brought to you by Infinity Media. It, it, it is it is concerning and i think the 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 more i mean the more social media evolves and the more the platforms evolve the more brands need to put more money into each platform or at least reserve more budget for a few a lot of these platforms because the competition for for eyeballs and the competition for for customer consumer information increases more and more and one of the challenges that i suppose some social media managers face is the trust factor between brand and agency or between brand and the social media manager where even if there is budget putting budget behind one type one type of content or one piece of content versus another is, is isn't seen as a priority for some of the brands because one of the questions that keeps coming up more and more with um, a lot of respondents saying there's a barrier is the lack of budget, where um, even from a, from a brand side and an agency side, there's the, the belief that there's lack of budget being put towards, towards being more effective on social media as brands and for their... Um, and for their communication as well. So that is certainly an area that needs a bit more focus and a lot more openness between brands and their agencies or brands and their social media teams. You know, I mean, I can't agree with you more. Gordon, we've spoken at least three, four times. Different people, different things, and the same theme comes out. You need a unity between your media team 
your agency, your creative agency, and your clients. And I promise you, if your listeners out there and you have that sort of problem, get a hold of Gordon and I. We, we will gladly sit down and talk through because, you know, we don't want to go into 2021 having the same discussion. Skill set problem. The CMO at the board table doesn't have a place, gets battered by the, by the chief financial officer because there's no metrics, there's no return. Here we're talking about something that in theory is more measurable uh, than some other media types yet you know, people aren't using the data correctly. So again, you know, uh, I, it's just something that I feel very strongly about. I think there's a gap. I think uh, I think senior people, CEOs need to look at it and beef up and, and get their marketing department a lot smarter. Yeah, and if I could just comment on that as well, um, that we need to go back to one of the fundamentals, whether you're talking marketing, advertising or media, which is your objective at the end of the day. And it's interesting for me to see the... Uh, different you know uh, platforms are measured against different sort of effectiveness measures mm-hmm. so twitter was mainly mentions and comments facebook was higher emphasis on click through rates linkedin instagram were more orientated towards likes and shares but those three things were mm-hmm. were, were the key areas so it came as a as quite a surprise to me that that youtube um, is still primarily being measured as, as an effective measure in terms of views rather than the other kind of metrics. So mm-hmm. we need some consistency. What are you using it for? Am I using YouTube as an extension of my TV campaign? And I'm going off air now, but I'm not having a COVID-19 moment. I just need a glass of water. <laughs> but uh, yeah, Mungesian, I think, you know, Gordon's right. You know, certainly when I looked at, at a lot of... Um, those metrics at at a, at a client side, a lot of it was vanity. You know, you'd look at the number and you'd say, "I got X likes or, or whatever the case may be." But that's not really, you know, if one digs a little bit deeper. So, just the, I mean, I guess the question is: in your experience, are people getting better and more consistent at measuring? That that is not the case, as far as we're seeing it, um, because again, there is another question on measurement in the survey, and that question keeps uh, growing as an area where people feel there's a lack of, of effective measurement um, or a lack of effective measurement that, that they're utilizing for social media. Um, but I want to park that for a second and talk to you know what Gordon was mentioning now. I think more and more brands are realizing the value of what each platform can provide in as much as we could say likes are a vanity metric or uh, they're not they don't talk much to engagement over the years we've been seeing less and less comments and more likes and also um facebook would have improved um the, the level of how much you like a particular post whether you like it love it or whatever it is you know whether it's you're saddened by it or whatever the case is. In as much as it's a vanity metric, I think brands are realizing what they're able to get from each of these platforms and they're using the platforms for what um, people react to on each platform, right? So so if you can measure views on a YouTube, for example, um, then it's the views that will say this piece of content or this burger is more popular than that one. In as much as that's not that's not the, the most accurate metric, and then you compare the same kind of um, engagement on a Facebook, 
and you overlay that with the data that you get out of each platform be it from a demographic perspective from whatever it is that the platform provides you then you're able to almost um to almost measure each platform against what it provides check the demographics and um and just get a sense get a sense of how people or how the public almost interacts and engages with um, a piece of content or a piece of advertising or communication that you put out as a brand. I think we, we've gone a little bit past, or at least we're going past the point where where we believe social media is is a is a, a, a silver bullet for everything. And yet, at the same time, you know, during lockdown we've seen more and more brands going to their social media uh, their social media pages to use them the same way that they would have used in some ways that they would have used um traditional platforms like a tv or instances where you can't um, get a piece of content onto tv um i'll use um, mcdonald's as an example so the ceo of mcdonald's would release certain um video messages on their Facebook pages, which they would not have done on TV. And at the time, the fast food industry was not advertising that much on TV, but they were closest to people's hearts because of the communication and the and the I guess the the the, the closeness that they put out there and their own, I guess, brand vulnerability that they put out there using social media in a way that they would not have used TV or any other platform. So in as much as the measurement isn't there, the brands, are, some brands are becoming slightly more effective in using their social media um, profiles for what they can get out of them. Yeah, look, I think trust is increasingly an issue in all of this. And, you know, I've referenced earlier uh, the WALK study on, uh, you know, um, on, on, on trust, you know, streaming platforms in particular. And something like 72% of, of consumers around the world, I understand consumers is a bad word to use now. I must call them people. So 70% <laughs> of consumers and or people, depending on which side of the bed you got out of, actually are demanding that advertisers appear in a trusted environment. And what intrigues me in that walk study is the top four countries in the world that have the highest demand for advertisers to appear in trusted environments are all BRICS countries. It's China, India, Brazil, South Africa. We are number four. It's 78% of consumers in South Africa want trusted environments. So I guess part of the metric should be as well, not just evaluating the number of views, but the, the, the trust value that that implied relationship injects into your campaign. Absolutely, absolutely, and and in as much as I think um, again, trust is 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 a is not a tangible thing to measure. Um, I guess that a brand that that measurement tools or platforms can um, can readily provide, um, but that trust thing is massive across um, many different spaces from advertising to social media to influencers um, and the influencer engagement space as well, where um, some research um, will say micro-influencers are trusted um, a lot more than celebrities. And all of this is, 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 is some of it 
can be debated because because um celebrities are trusted more in certain spaces or certain types of brands of messaging where micro influencers are trusted in again in in other spaces or other kinds of uh, messages that they put out there yeah that's just you know just touching on 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 influencers and i think it's such an interesting space, you know, um, Gordon. I think we need to have a separate show just on on, on influencer marketing in terms of the power. Is it credible? Do people believe it, uh, or or don't they? You know, do they say, "Listen, it's clearly paid for product placement," and and off you go? You know, so yeah, thanks, Mugezia, for that point on on influencers. But I certainly think we should look at uh, at a follow up point on that. I would I would agree with you. And trust for me, just just a quickly comment is perhaps more measurable than you might think. I would think with big data. Mm. If I could do a thumbs up and a thumbs down for like and not like, is it, injecting a trust measure into that can't be difficult. The Reader's Digest in the 1980s did a series of studies in South Africa showing that even in those days, trusted environments, and they were talking magazines, led to a higher trust in the advertising placed in that, in that environment and also a greater intention to purchase. Just one last uh, question before we wrap up because we, we're running out of time a little. What intrigued me was the number of uh, advertisers or marketers who are interested not just in the number of views but in actual view time so on youtube you know 73 percent of marketers look at total viewers that's the primary metric but 43 percent of them are looking at viewing time which makes sense so with pre-rolls and interrupted uh, tvcs i would love to know what would happen if those same markers apply, apply applied the same standard to their normal television advertising I think there's a lot of marketers sitting out there assuming because an ad ran on a, a television station, a traditional format, broadcast format, they got the eyeballs that are implied by the research, and that's just quite simply a load of bollocks. So I think if we're going to have a universal standard for video viewing, and I think there is one, it's something like X percent of eyeballs on screen for X percent of time, whatever the case is, it's about time we applied that same metric to conventional TV monkeys. Absolutely. Um, I, I think so. And I mean, what we've been seeing year on year um, with um, YouTube and the, the, the time that people spend watching video is that it has been increasing. We have been watching more and more longer form video and more and more long form content is appearing across various platforms. And with lockdown due to COVID-19, there has been more live streaming across platforms so one of the things that this suggests is that more people are having more access to uh, broadband or at least bandwidth um, and data. That's one. And the other side is that the, to your point about advertising, the traditional 30 second spot is changing a lot as a result of um, social media or digital where a brand like um, chicken licking, I think, is the one that I've seen recently, where they don't, the where they release more of a larger piece of content, like that's almost ninety seconds long, and people love and share it, um, and share it even across um, WhatsApp. So, so brands, I think, are seeing not just the value of view time, but also the value of how longer form content in storytelling and how storytelling on social media helps them. Um, improve their content content marketing or at least communication in that space and we are seeing that 
more and more content now is 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 starting to have a digital first approach as opposed to a traditional media first approach when it's released and that then that's also an interesting finding um out of the data that that we that we've been seeing in recent months yeah i'm going to have a last comment and throw back to to dr wrap up um because we're running out of time and i'm having the mother of all hay fever attacks here but i think one thing we also need to account for throwing content at it isn't necessarily the answer you need a brilliant differentiating concept and my concept of the week i think it's absolutely outstanding magazine i'm mean, sorry magnum ice creams in victoria melbourne australia have come up with a product a branded three by three meter tile which is the legal uh, melbourne size for social di- uh, distancing on the beach i just think that's outstanding enough to me whether you they run that on twitter instagram whatever how brilliant so Hats off uh, to Magnum Ice Cream in, in Melbourne and their three by three meter beach town. Margezi, great to have you on the show. Thank you very much for having me. Yeah, thanks, Gordon. Um, yeah, and and just to close, I mean that closing point, Margezi, is you know to work and you're talking about say television and 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 YouTube working together. And and again, you know we've spoken about that for years, and and it's time now for people to do that better. And and you know, good luck and 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 uh, hats off to to the guys who are doing that to use longer form where you've got dwell time uh, and your and your TV really is almost a throw forward, a thirty second throw forward to see the full story. Go, yeah, do that. And I think, you know, international brands, I remember years ago, I think it was Johnny Walker. Now, as I say that, I, I'm not sure it was. I think it was Johnny Walker with Jude Law, the actor, did a, a whole big series with that. I'll throw forward off uh, off the television. So, yeah, you know, again, for, for marketers out there, they're always new, innovative ways. And, and Gordon, as you say, yeah, you've got a physical uh, a towel uh, from from uh, from Magnum, which is fantastic. Well, Gizzi, just in closing, how do people get hold of you if they want to be part of part of uh, the discussion they want to meet up with you or chat with you at least have you got an email are you on social platforms um, i'm on social platforms so it's just at mongezi on twitter um and uh to get a hold of um to get a hold of onico just go onto our sites um onico.co.za and over there you will see firstly the reports should be able to download it um you can get a hold of us there as well um or on twitter at Onico Media. Excellent. Thanks very much, Mugezi, again for your time and your insights. And it really is, I urge people, listeners of ours, to go onto the site, read the report. It really is quite eye opening. Again, from our side, thanks. That's all for this week, and we look forward to hosting you next week. Please get online, be part of the conversation, get on Facebook, uh, Twitter with Gordon, uh, get on to Insta- um, at least LinkedIn with myself, be part of it, and we look forward to seeing you next week. Bye for now. And so that was another episode of The Doc and the Guru. Please don't uh, forget to get hold of us on Facebook, like us, follow us, uh, subscribe to the podcast. And then from my side, you can get hold of me on LinkedIn, Dr. Doug Mataz. I'm uh, very active and very keen to hear about your views uh, and certainly will respond. And hopefully we can bring that into the show. Thanks, Doc. And it's uh, Gordon Muller, the Guru, signing off. Thank you for being with us and listening into this podcast today. You can pick up the discussion with me on my Twitter handle, at Mzanzi Media, and I'd love to engage with you on any of the issues that we've taken on in the show. And take us at our word, this is really going to be an open forum. There are no subjects that are taboo, and we'd love to have some of the younger, more under-listened, if that's the correct phrase, uh, voices to join us uh, in this discussion. Thanks for your time. 
The Dark and the Guru, proudly brought to you by Infinity Media, incubating innovative businesses in the media industry.